Hallelujah. I feel so good. I just feel so good. Years ago, Jack Haper used to say stuff like, man, it just feels good to feel holy. <laughs> it's not any of our own doing, that's for sure. Uh, today, we want to look at this concept of the power of decreed words. Decreed words. When a decree goes forth and establishes something, and you say it, and it will build the... Uh... Listen, our faith in Christ Jesus is built on the life of Jesus as the living Word of God. That Jesus came down, in the beginning was the Word with God. The Word was God, so Jesus is the Word. And, and then all of that He accomplished when He went to the cross, died for our sins, when He rose from the grave, then He res uh, ascended into heaven like our big window up there. And uh, so, in all that was written uh, beforehand about him coming to the earth to reconcile us to Father God through the death and resurrection, all of that together was actually thinking about, well, here's what, here's what I'm getting to. We're going to look at this in a second. In the 5th century, there was a formulation of a summary of belief statements uh, concerning the biblical faith. It's called the Apostles' Creed. How many of you grew up saying this in a church anywhere? So some of you are familiar with it. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, say it together. It says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Next, he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. Stop. The, the word Catholic, isn't, it has nothing to do with the Roman Catholic Church. Nothing to do with that. The word Catholic... If you look it up in your own dictionary, it means universal. Basically, this means the, the true church of Jesus everywhere around the world. That's what it actually means. So I believe the Holy Catholic Church. Ready? The communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Everybody say, yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Now, each statement, each statement, when it's studied in depth from the Bible, establishes a profound framework for what sets uh, the God of Bi in the Bible and the gospel of Jesus apart from every other religion and every other ideology. For years, this has been declared openly in public worship. But here's the thing. This is the truth. A life-giving relationship with Father God through Jesus Christ is not about saying a statement. It's about an actual exchange of life. Where your life, you bring your life and your failing report card and all that you are. And the Holy Spirit does a, a work in that you, it's an exchange. You take your life and you say, I need some help. And the gospel is, even though bad people are made better, that's not the point. The point is dead people are made alive. That we're dead in our sins. And he comes and makes us alive in Christ. And there's an exchange. We bring the deadness of our soul, the neediness of our heart, and he injects us with his very life. Jesus said, my words are spirit in their life. And they come into us by the Holy Spirit. And he literally 
This is the most, it always gets me. It's You can feel as wretched and sinful and wicked and evil all and, and feel so unconditionally loved and cherished at the same time. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. You can feel like I am not worth anything in life, but I'm so loved. There's, that's, that's, the God, that's the power of Jesus coming into the life and saying, because I designed you to be filled with my love, I'm going to pour myself into you. I heard at least one person go, amen. I just, I know I didn't. <laughs> so our entrance into this profound relationship with God comes to us by an act of faith. In his gift of grace given to us, the action of faith starts with this. Everybody say, speaking and believing. Speaking and believing. This is the act of faith. Further later, we, we end up with actions that we do. But this is the first actions. Look at, look at the Romans 10.9. It says, if you confess with your mouth. That involves speaking. Don't you remember, Tom? was precious wasn't it tom was ready to receive the lord it was at the end of a service we were sitting right back there right in front of where hezekiah was or right behind wade somewhere we were sitting there and he was ready and he said i said well jesus made it real simple he said if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. I said, would you like to do that? He said, yes. He said, Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit came. And it was so cute because I said, you feel different? He goes, there's this energy. <laughs> the presence of God. Ever say the, the loving presence of God. The affirming presence of God that comes into your heart. This is, look, now look, this word confess is homologeo. It means to say the same thing as another. To agree with, to declare openly, to speak out freely. The word, the, the, the salvation comes. Here's, the, I just, I, I get all caught up in this because the world thinks you got to earn it. And there's nothing you can do to earn anything that Jesus has already done. It just doesn't work that way. It's a complete gift. We'll get to that in a minute. Believe, then believe. Pisteo, uh, which is to think, to be true, to be persuaded of, to credit, to place confidence in. And here's the point. It's in your heart. It's not a mental. It's a heart level belief. So therefore, speaking the same thing God says, or what is revealed in His Word about us, and believing it in your heart is how transformation happens in the follower of Jesus. Now notice in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, by Read this with me. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Here's the big point. We're well, this is the next slide. We are actually saved. We're not saved by good works. But we are saved for them. 
to express the transformation. That you, and th th there's just so much uh, burden in everybody that doesn't know the Lord. They usually come with, I've got to clean up my life first. I've got to do all this stuff. I've got to get all my ducks in a row. I've got to do, no, 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 no. You come as you are. You come, you just come. And there's something so powerful when, when the, the, that, that dynamic word, repent. When Jesus came saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And the dynamic power of whatever God says something to you, he gives you the power to do it. Faith is a gift. Isn't it amazing? He, he, grace is a gift. Oh, it's all a gift. Everything's a gift. You don't come with anything on your own. We're even given, Paul says, the willingness to, he says, to will and to do of his good pleasure. Most of us don't even come with a willingness to do anything. We showed up and it's like, gosh, I don't want to do this. And the Holy Spirit goes, well, you don't know how much you're going to get out of it yet. How many of you have had moments when uh, you've been sitting, reading the Bible or something, and suddenly you have a little moment of a visitation of the presence of the Lord, and that moment comes alive? Everybody has, right? We live off of that. We live for that. So later, when Jesus is explaining in Matthew 7, 24, 25, everyone who has heard these words of mine and does them, he'll be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew, beat on the house, it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came, the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So the giver of life... Jesus, say this with me, Jesus is the giver of life. And he models, he's modeled for us how to do it. Now, I put this up here. This is, a, this is my little uh, object lesson today. I want us to contrast something, but here's, here's what an iceberg looks like. And you have a greater amount underwater. Let's say the, the realm of your heart that you really don't know. How many of you know a lot of things can go on in your life and uh, they're at a subconscious level? Beliefs can be formed. Rough things can happen to you. All this goes. Now let's look at how Jesus is, what Jesus is filled up with underneath here. Because he explains this. He says in Luke 6.45, he says, A good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. So if you've got good going on down in there, good comes out. The evil person out of the evil of his treasure produces evil. Everybody says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Proverbs 4.21 in the New Living Translation, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Right? How many of you have said stuff and go, man, I shouldn't have said that? And of course, our big, big verse, this is a powerful verse, Proverbs 18.21 Say it with me, proclaim it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So I want us to look at what was down on the, the, the subterranean level beneath the surface in Jesus Christ. And because we're made in his image, look at somebody and tell them, did you know, just say this, have a little fun here. Look at somebody and tell them, did you know that Jesus never said a negative thing about himself. Come on now. Now go ahead and tell him. Now you're made in Jesus' image. Well, well, well. 
<laughs> How many of you have ever said a negative thing about yourself? Now, now, now. Look at that. Okay, so let's look at what, what Jesus, the I am statements. In Exodus 3, 13 and 14, Moses said to God, if I come to, to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, they ask, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So Jesus, uh, Father God, in, in the fullness of God, he's everything that you need. Okay, this goes on in the scripture. Okay, so now Jesus shows up. John uh, 8, 30, 58, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham I was. Can you get that? Can you wrap your head around that? So he's standing with these religious leaders, and he has the gall to say to them, Before Abraham. And so he, he starts a series of statements. John, this is what's down inside of Jesus. Ready? John 6.35. Everybody say it. I am the bread of life. Now, there's you and I are called to be nurtured by the presence of Jesus Christ. True Christianity is literally the ongoing revelation and vision of who Jesus is. And when you're pursuing Him, there's going to be a level of nurture. Even in the Old Testament, it says the bread of His presence at the, in, in the tabernacle. Jesus is the bread of life. He's the nourisher of our souls. It gets real, real deep in that. 8, 12. Say it. I am the light of the world. This is the one where He says, Hey, you... You're the light of the world too. Oh my gosh. No, Jesus, you're the light of the world. I'm not the light of the world. No, you're the light of the world. No, you're the light of the world. No, you no, I'm I'm not the light. You're the no, you're the He says, No, you don't you don't put a city a city's gonna be on a hill, you know, you don't take the lamp and put it under a bushel, you put it on a in other words, to shine your light, do something good for somebody, and they can glorify God who's in heaven. There's going to come an anointing on your life. When you, and here's the thing. You can give a cup of water to somebody, and you don't know the Lord, and it's nice and refreshing. But there's something else that's added when it's in the Lord. When you give it in the name of Jesus, not yelling at him. In the name of Jesus. No, it's just you're doing it with the Spirit of the Lord and the kindness, and there's something of a deposit of the, of the, of the glory. It's like when you hand out pizzas, when believers hand out pizzas, it's like... There's something, something registers inside of people. It's a work of the Spirit of God. They see your good works and they start, God, God, these people are nice. What's going on? There's a work that's called being the light. Okay? Jesus said in John 10, 7, I am the door. Or the gate, but it's the door. He's the door. John 10, 11 through 14. Everybody say, I'm the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Now, next slide. Uh, John eleven twenty five. 25. I am the resurrection and the life. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 15, 1. I am the true vine. Okay. Let's praise the Lord for who Jesus is. He wasn't confused about who he was. He was the living God in flesh. He laid aside the privileges of who he was. He came down, setting aside that, took on human flesh 
took on the form of a servant, being born as a man, and then was humble to the point of death on the cross. And because of that, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee, it may not happen today, but every knee is going to bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's going to happen. Might as well happen here and not wait. So let's contrast what's beneath the surface in our own hearts with what's in Jesus' heart. Now, unfortunately, there are many things that we believed in the heart that oppose what God has said to him. So now let's look at what's down there in us. Okay, brace yourself. No. <laughs> Both say buckle up. <laughs> oh, man. Ready? Dealing with the human soul is like peeling an onion. It's layer after layer, and you're crying all the time. Haven't you heard that before? Let's look at the pictures. <laughs> How about the next one? Oh, my God. Okay, so... Here's, here's a little reason why. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, he says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. Now see, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So hold, on, hold there for a second. So there's formative years. There's years when you're formed. Now some of us, not me, but some people, have wonderful, wonderful, wonderful relationships with a very loving, caring father. I want to just go ahead and say I learned this from Robert Morse, and I, I realize this is really true. All dynamic affirmation to the soul, all of it, comes from a father. It's a role. It's an anointed role. Therefore, if you don't have one and you don't have somebody speaking those wonderful dynamic things into your life, how about this? Little girl goes up to the mommy. Oh, the dress looks so good on you. Dad, a good dad says, oh, honey, you're beautiful. Something else happens when a godly man affirms the depth to a child. It's something. And so, now... This, what's below here. Go back to the, um, the picture right quick. What's going on down here is a lot of things that get formed in our hearts. A lot of things that happen. Now, we have an environment in our congregation where we want the love of God to create such a safe place in everybody's heart. Now, that's so important to me it's so important to me because I was deeply scarred and deeply damaged. And I was so fearful that if I opened up and told you what I felt about myself, uh, I thought that you too would reject me. I was so fearful that I would be abandoned, that those nerves, the scare, the fear that was in me was huge and that was what was down so I had a tendency to reject you before you could reject me 
it was a, what was what that was down in the bottom of my iceberg. I didn't want. I bet you everybody, you could come up and tell your story, and you could come up and tell your story. Everybody's got a bottom of the iceberg stuff. Okay. Now let's look at this put away word, and this is not super duper deep in um, in depth stuff. But let's look at the word put away. This is a kartageo. It's to to render inoperative, to deprive of influence, to cause to cease, to put an end, uh, put to an end. I misspelled that. Uh, to terminate. So what's going on is these childish things that happen when we're little, that there's a, a grace, a gift, a work of the Spirit of God where we can literally put those away. And the Lord gives us a grace to die to things, to confess things, to forgive people, to, to go through the healing of a horrible, childlike, traumatic event to allow that to be grieved out. Jesus carried all those griefs and losses. This is a part of the growing up and reflecting who Jesus is. Can you tell that I'm a little different than that beat up kid way back? See, there's a freedom. There's a freedom in the Lord. I didn't come this way. I was the guy that chewed his fingernails until they bled at night. I was broken. Broken. And there's hope. That's why I have an extraordinary amount of faith when it comes to anybody who has deep wounded issues, I like, hey, God brought you to a place where all that will be taken care of because he's supernaturally the best dad in the universe. And he knows how to speak into your heart and release you from things and cause you to be better and let you come. Isn't that true? I mean, can I get a little hallelujah in here? So we come with an attitude, and we come with this little uh, Psalm 139, 23, 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me to the way of everlasting. And I'm not going to go, like I said, I'm not going deep on this. I just want to, like, a, touch it. But uh, how many of you have had, uh, been trapped by something you've said about yourself? Proverbs 6, 2 says, you have been trapped by what you said and ensnared by the words of your mouth. There are word cursors. There are things that we can say uh, and have these horrible opinions about ourselves that lock us up. The, the heart is so... The heart is the core of who you are. And from Father God and Jesus' perspective, it's the most precious thing about you. Because when you give your heart completely over to Him, it's going to be in safekeeping. How many of you have given your heart away to other things? Like Dr. Phil, how's that working for you? <laughs> it don't work out so good. But God will cause your heart to come into a place of wholeness. And because Jesus never said anything negative about himself, we're new creatures in Christ. Oh, by the way, we're, we're, we're going to start saying some other things here in a minute. But this is part of the process. It's not all of it, but it's a part of the process. 2 Corinthians 3, 17, 18, uh, just put that up. Now this, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So the, the, the Lordship of Jesus the, is expressed in the absolute um, work of the Holy Spirit to produce freedom in our life. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord. Now this is a key thing because the more we, like coming in here and learning to behold the Lord, 
uh, learning how to be with the Lord in your own private time, what happens is there's something about beholding the glory of the Lord, beholding Him, and it, there's a change. It says you're transformed. When we look at Jesus, the transformation happens. This is transformed into the same image, the image of Jesus, from one degree of glory to another. How many of you uh, used to be at one level and you've at a new level? And you grow and you come to another level. And there's degrees. There are things that you're encumbered by. And then you, you get to a place and you realize, I don't need that in my life. And you literally get rid of that. And the next thing you know, say, like, there's a lot more freedom and joy in my life now. Wow. And the Lord knows what you have need of and what you don't. So, he's, so when you're looking at him, all of this begins to transform in your life. What are the beliefs? I'm going to put something up here. I want to have a set. But what if your beliefs about yourself were transformed and you were like Jesus on the inside of your heart? Now, how many of you have gone through the, the uh, book uh, and the workbook, uh, Search for Significance? Okay, so you're going to be familiar with this. I just felt this was important as a decreed word. Let me tell you the background here. So Heather taught this class four times in a row. And uh, she, she was, as she would go through this class, she memorized what we're going to put up here. And she would memorize it, and I watched my wife transform right in front of me. How, have, look, look this, is, this is amazing. If you've got issues, if you've got issues inside of you that you, triggers, things that you emotionally respond to in a negative way, and you're married and they got triggers, it can be nuclear because you keep touching the tree. And Heather and I were like that. We had these triggers, right? Now, here's what happens. Did you know that you can be healed so much inside that somebody can explode in front of you and your heart is now, oh, I wonder what's wrong with them. It's not about you now because you're healed. It's like, oh, I wonder what happened in their life where that this is such a big deal. That's extraordinary. Well, when Heather memorized this, it literally was like taking a, like a computer operating system and literally putting it inside. And when she had this happen on the depths of the inside of her, I got a brand new wife. I was like, I like being around you. Let's look at the statement. My identity in Christ. Because of Christ's redemption, I am a new creature of infinite worth. That is amazing. Could you imagine that that's how you felt? That's who you are deep on the inside of you. Because of Christ, what he's done. I'm of infinite value and worth. Okay. Now, what's that mean? Say it. I am deeply loved completely forgiven, fully pleasing, totally accepted by God, and absolutely complete in Christ. Good night. Can you imagine if you truly believe that down here, how freeing that would be inside of you? Then it goes on and says, look at this next one. When my performance reflects my true identity in Christ, 
that reflection is dynamically unique. There has never been another person like me in the history of mankind, nor will there ever be. God has made me an original, one-of-a-kind, special person. Having that on the inside. There's a humorous part to me because I look at that and go, yeah, there's nobody like me. <laughs> you think about you. The way that God, the combination of how God puts you together, when that's redeemed, there's such a beautiful expression of who the Lord is and nobody else is like you. It's so wonderful. Everybody say, yay. Hallelujah. And if somebody... Um, well, how can we, uh, can we declare over our health? Are there decreed words that we can say over our health? Would you read this with me? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity and heals all your diseases. Now, I want us to proclaim these today. Some of these are scriptures, and there's a few decrees in this. Let's look at Exodus. Wait a minute, let's back up. If you're, the, the whole idea is, is declaring the Word of God in our life. The same way that we declare the Lordship of Jesus with our lips, we confess that. He wants us to confess the truth of the Word. Get this, no matter how you feel at the time. It's not about how you feel. It's about truth, a decree of truth. That's so important. Because I, I was sick. I was sick with the, uh, I, some of you heard this, I was sick with a bad, 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 bad flu for about three weeks back in uh, California. And uh, I, I was, uh, I thought I was starting to feel better. And I pulled out the thermometer. And I'm not kidding. I get the thermometer, I get it in my hand, and I'm about to put the thermometer in my mouth, and the fever comes back all over me. And at that moment, I realized, this is demonic. This is not normal flu. It saw me pick up the thermometer, and suddenly I got real hot all over again. So I called for the elders of the church. I said, hey guys, I need some help. Some brothers came over, knew the Lord, laid hands on me. I began, and we began praying the Lord. They went around to all the trash baskets. I had all that yellow stuff on the hankies. We dumped it all out, took it out, opened the windows. It was winter. It's not that cold in California, but it was winter. Opened the, but there was another wind that came in. It was truly a worship experience. Holy Spirit came, cleansed all that out of the house. I knew suddenly, because I had confronted the spirit of infirmity, that I was healed. I was healed. I was tired, and it took me about two or three days to have my full strength back. But it was broken at that, that point. Say hallelujah. Now, those kind of things, that's when it's demonic in origin, you can take authority over it. Sometimes anxiety, depression, those kind of things are demonic in origin. People get stuck those things can be taken down, cast out by the authority of Jesus Christ, which I praise Him for. You don't have to submit to a negative thought process. Sometimes a pain can come on your body, and then the adversary says, hey, you know, all this is going to happen, all this is going to happen. You've got to submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. You have to combat it. You can't just go, oh, yeah, I guess so. And then you just come under all of it. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? We all need the encouragement to stand up in the authority of Jesus and what he's done. And his word is what does it. First Peter 2, 24. 
He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that he might die to sin, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Everybody declare, by his wounds you have been healed. For those of you who don't know, Jesus went to a whipping post before he was crucified. There was a cat, a cat of nine tails that had some horrible um, metal and bone and stuff, and he was whipped 39 times. And those, those, there was, it created such, it pulled flesh out of his body, and his blood began to pour down his back. That Bible verse is saying, those wounds are the basis of your healing. It matters to Jesus. He went through it for you and me. So let's declare this next one. Jesus is the Lord of my life. The sickness and disease have no power over me. I'm forgiven and free from sin and guilt. I'm dead to sin and alive into righteousness. Next one. I am free from unforgiveness and strife. Well, there's a, I messed up those words. I forgive others as Christ has forgiven me, for the love of God is shed abroad in the heart by, my, by the Holy Spirit. Next one. Jesus bore my sickness and carried my pain. Therefore, I give no place to sickness or pain, for God sent His Word and healed me. Each of these has a Scripture reference. I didn't include those, but you can look all these up, and there's so many Bible verses about this. In fact, I don't know if I brought it, but there's a, a little booklet that we have used uh, by Charles Capps, and it's, it's all about the… these are some of these. Let's read the next one. Heavenly Father, I attend to Your Word. I incline my ears to Your sayings. I will not let them depart from my eyes. I keep them in the midst of my heart, for they are life and healing to all my flesh. There's a promise. Of, there you go. Shoot, hold it up. Barb's got one. That's what the little booklet looks like. And let's read this last one. No evil will befall, oh, excuse me, befall me. <laughs> well, before me. There you go. Neither shall any plague come near my dwelling, for you have given your angels charge over me. They keep me in all my ways. In my pathway is life, health, and healing. Healing and health. Well, can we just pause here for a moment and just praise the Lord for His healing grace in our bodies. Thank you, Lord. Let's go ahead and just praise Him. Thank you, Lord. The reason that we're on this is because the needs are there and we want to uh, begin decreeing Can you just stand up? Let me. Can we tell your little story? That what happened, Caitlin? So we're one Thursday night. We're, um, Glenn comes in. And he's trying to find a way to sit down. He's like, and his back doesn't feel good. And I didn't know this. I had no idea. So he's sitting over there, and um, it was the season. I would sit down with a guitar and just flow in the spirit and kind of chase the Holy Spirit around in the room, you know. And uh, I looked over at him, and I said, I saw a picture. And I saw he was really little, and about like six, eight years old. And uh, he was uh, almost having a, like a temper tantrum kind of a thing because he was being shunned by his father. And, his fa and I said, it seems like his father said, buck up. And he said, it was man up. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and so here's a little kid. He's going through a really difficult thing. And his dad won't let him express the childish emotions that you would have at that age. And he basically is telling him to stuff it. 
right? So he's stuffing it. So I said, would you, Glenn, would you just close your eyes right now and allow Jesus to come to that moment? So he closes his eyes. You know how this works, the Holy Spirit. Because see, Jesus is in every moment of our life. We just don't know he's there. And then the deep, painful, hurtful moments of our life, the Lord can come because he's already, Bible says, he's already carried our griefs and sorrows to the cross. That he will come to your life in the horrible, horrible places and show up there and take that burden and heal you. Remove the pain of that memory. Even though you still have the memory, the pain of the memory leaves. It's amazing how Jesus is. Let's praise him for that. He's just good. He cares about us like that. The next thing that happens is uh, the Lord whips, says to me, uh, cast out a spirit of performance. I said, hey, Glenn, the Lord just witnessed to me that there was a spirit, a demonic spirit that came into your life at that time. Let's go ahead and renounce the spirit of performance. And now here's a little kid, right? He's like, I got to perform for my dad because I'm not accepted as a child. And so he bucks it up. And this demonic thing says, you're going to be like that the rest of your life. And it enters his life. And now he's got to perform for acceptance. He's got to perform. He's got to perform. He's got to perform. Now this thing's in his life. And the Lord says, cast it out. Tell it to leave. And so he said he basically forgave his dad for saying it, repented of that, renounced it, and it left. And then we go on, and five minutes later he goes, Hey! I said, What? He says, You don't know, but I've had back pain my whole life. And my back pain is gone. It left. The back pain was tied to a traumatic moment and a demonic guardian. And when we remove the pain of the traumatic moment, Jesus is so good. Isn't it? Let's give Jesus Amen. all. That's it's all Jesus. Lord. It's all Thank Jesus. You. The only reason I've learned how to do this is because I had so many scarred memories. Jesus had to keep showing up. <laughs> so I go, are well, you going to show up for them too? Yeah, I'll show up. <laughs> and then I had so much demonic pressure, you know, and this comes in and it, and it leaves. Let's just rejoice in the Lord. He is our deliverer. You don't always know the, the, sometimes it's a miracle moment. Sometimes it's just a process of healing. We all just partner with him the best we know how with this word. Let's go ahead and praise him now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Even thank as I've declared this testimony, I thank you, Lord, that you, by the Holy Spirit, you move into people's lives and show them how you want to heal them from this, from the tragedies or the traumas, these moments. I just praise you for who you are, Lord, because salvation starts with getting to know you, and then you come in and you restore the brokenness of our life. We praise you, Lord Jesus. You cleanse us, you heal us, you free us. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were in the Thursday night meeting. And uh, put up this next thing. Can we, can we release power of decreeing words over finances? And the answer is, yes, yes, we can. And we were in the meeting, and uh, Todd was bringing up the idea of uh, decreeing over finances. And what happened in the room was begin to have testimonies. And people said, hey, when I started to tithe, 
I started to come into a place of blessing. And there's all kinds of, and there was also forgiveness. Somebody ripped, ripped you off. And uh, she went ahead and forgave the person. Like, I want to, a customer, a customer for hair. And uh, did all this work, did all this work, and then wrote a bounce check and uh, said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, go after them. I give it to you, Lord, and as forgiveness happened. And then this is how the Lord responded. I'm going to send customers. And she suddenly had more customers than she knew what to do with because of the blessing of the Lord over a heart that will do it God's way. So I wish uh, Jerry was here. This, he would be standing up going, hey, hey, hey. And, you know, Jerry, he would be, he's, God's just changed his life. So let's look at this uh, Malachi 3.10 right quick. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. So there's a decree. And then he shared this decree with me. I thought it was genius. And I've been looking at this and I realized, you know what? This will help. See, here's the thing. God does financial miracles. He does things in our life. We need to make some room sometime for people to share that. To say, hey, let me show you what the Lord did. And this is the decree. Let's go ahead and look at it. If you'd like to say it, let's go ahead and say it. As we've received today's tithes and offerings, we are believing the Lord for, ready? Jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates and returns. Next one, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease. Blessings and increase. And we say together, thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs that I have been more than enough to give into the kingdom and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's something about putting your trust in the Lord. There's, and here's the, here's the big deal about it. I know someone that um, told me, you know, well, they were in a church where the, the, the people misused the funds. And the pastor fell and all that stuff. And so they decided they would keep it themselves. They were not going to, you know, to keep their money and, and they were going to, you know, when people say this, you think, are they really going to, let me go ahead and tell you, when people do that kind of thing, you say, I'm going to keep it and I'm going to give it to who I want. Well, that's not the storehouse. They're not the storehouse. And, and then here's the thing. I, the Bible, I, this is not a lesson on this, but here's, here's the truth of it. It says in the book of Hebrews that when you bring it in here, the Lord receives it as unto himself. You go read it yourself in, in Hebrews. The Lord receives it unto himself. Unto himself. When you bring it to a person, and Jesus does all that kind of stuff like this. How many of us have somebody step in proxy for the Lord and speak blessing into your life? See, the Lord, you, you come and there's this spiritual dimension, this authority. Uh, there was a, um, a person that opened the door to witchcraft through paying for fortune tellers. And there was a certain curse that was on their life. And uh, they got some freedom. But the Lord said, I want you to bring an offering to the Lord 
and honor the Spirit of the Lord. And when they brought that offering to the Lord, it broke the complete power of the curse because they paid for the curse. And the Lord said, I want to release you from it. And he required that action. He doesn't do it all the time, I don't think, but for them, it was like, because they knew better. I asked the person, did you know that you were disobeying the Lord when you were paying for this thing to happen? And they went, started weeping and crying and all that. Well, the Lord wants to free people. Listen, it's a spiritual world. Your money is spiritual. Your heart is spiritual. Your physical bodies, there's a spiritual remedy from the Lord for us in everything. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, when we were talking about this, and he, he brought this up. Somebody said, oh, yeah, when that, that whole thing about uh, finding money. And so I walk out my land, and there were $20 bills in my backyard. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Who puts $20 in the backyard? But you just, when you start believing, when you start decreeing these things, an expectation comes in your heart. Because when you confess what the Lord says, then your heart becomes alive with an expectancy that God will move in your behalf. Physically, spiritually, financially, relationally. It doesn't matter. The Lord is Lord. We live in a kingdom where Jesus Christ expresses His Lordship over everything. Amen? Let's go ahead and stand together. Hallelujah.